0: you're listening to the a scully cast brought to you by www.ascully.com and here are your hosts a scully and sid talk okay it's october the 13th nearly halloween and this week, we uh, this is off-topic of the podcast, but on-topic, because it's about movies. We actually watched a bonus movie this week, and that would be The Cabin in the Woods. Right. What um, about
1: the before-the-after-the-show discussion? This
0: is it. I just, uh, I'm off the cuff in it. Kay. So, um, Cabin in the Woods, uh, new movie. Well, new-ish, new old movie. It was filmed in 2009, but just released on Blu-ray. Uh, we watched it this week. Horror film, perfect for the Halloween season. How did you find it? I just loved quickly, it. I loved
1: it. That's it.
0: Yeah, but um, it's the, it's the kind of movie that you shouldn't know much about. No, so it's a good job we're not doing a whole thing on it.
1: That's why I just said I and, loved it. That's it.
0: But if you like the horror genre, I think you might like it.
1: Mm-hmm. And I differ with you because I think some people who are really devoted to horror genre will think it's just a piece of shit. Some people, and some people will be like us and be like, "That's awesome."
0: Yeah, I highly suggest getting it. You can get it everywhere you want, anywhere now. It's on Blu-ray. It's on all the digital download places. I found it all over the place. So um, I liked it. You can uh, watch it. It's fun. I was
1: ready to hate it because I thought, "Oh, god, it's the perfect not another one
0: this time of year type of movie." So uh, like, you
1: can't compete with Cabin Fever. Is that what it was called? Yeah. Cabin Fever. With its like weirdness and grossness. And then I thought, well, don't do another. You know? Don't try. And I was happily wrong.
0: Yeah, it's a good movie. Um, but don't look what it's about. No, 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 just, no. Just know if you're like a horror film or that kind of film. Watch it and then make your decision. Make your decision, do But don't, yeah. don't look what it's about. Because I didn't do that and neither did you. And... That was a good thing. Yep, I was It's one of those movies that you shouldn't look into first. So, um, it's Saturday, October the 13th, 2012. This is After the Show, number 245. The movie we're going to be looking at this week... Oh, After the Show is a movie review podcast where we review a movie every week. And this week's movie is Rock of Ages on Blu-ray. It's a 2012 movie released on Blu-ray this week, actually, the 9th of uh, October... Um, Now, there's two versions of the movie on this Blu-ray disc. There's a PG-13 theatrical cut, and there's the R-rated extended cut. We watch Mm -hmm. the R-rated extended cut. We do know the differences between them. Might discuss that a bit later. But there is a PG version and an R-rated
1: And, Mr. A. Scully, why do you always choose the extended version when you're watching a DVD or a Blu-ray?
0: Just, I like the extended. Uh, Funny thing is, sometimes the extended version is not the better version. Now, I've seen people who say, I really loved such a movie, um, but then I watched the extended cut, and I hate the extended cut. I like the normal cut.
1: What's an example?
0: I don't know, and that's why I said such a movie. So, mm. um, the it sometimes is a bit of a decision for me when I'm looking at a menu, and it says, do you want the theatrical cut or the extended cut? I feel in my heart I want the extended cut, but then I also feel... Well, the extended cut might just be all the shitty deleted scenes stuck back in the movie that the director didn't like in the first place. They just did that for value's sake. Yeah. So it might be a shittier version of the movie. So I I don't know. I'm kind of torn. If you've seen the
1: movie before, do you always want to see another version? Or do you want to see it the way it was originally?
0: Uh, Both. But but I will... Yeah, if I saw it on the theatre and there was an extended cut, like The Master, for instance, what we just went to see... If I'd seen the theatre version and it said, here's a new extended cut with 20 more minutes, I'd definitely want to see the 20 more minutes. Right. Um, Or watch the deleted scenes. So, um, yeah. It's uh, got an extended cut and a theatrical cut, both on the same disc. There's no tagline. It's from our friends at Warner Brothers. And, Sid Talk, you're going to give us the synopsis of Rock of Ages. It is
1: basically... very basically musical that captures the ups and downs of being like a rock god person of the 80s, you know, like the essence of the rock music scene on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood, and then of course the kind of, not even, not in a serious way, but sort of like the flip side of that, like what it's, what it created either in those people or in real life, what it creates when you become so mega-famous and, like...
0: Based on the Broadway musical of the same name, um, which was highly successful, still running.
1: I think I would rather see it in the theatre, as a play,
0: to be honest. So, on to the movie. Um, I knew this was a musical from the start, and this movie makes no bones about it being a musical. (laughs) It opens with a musical number... And continues with musical numbers the entire two and a half hour almost duration.
1: That doesn't mean there's no dialogue.
0: There is dialogue, but I mean, it's it's the type of musical where people will start singing, looking at the camera and sing, right? So if you're not into that kind of thing, maybe it's not your movie. I'm not a uh, musical Neither. fan uh, in any way, shape or form. Apart from there's one movie which I'm going to recommend this week that I actually found a really to be a really good musical, because it had a very good story and the songs fit perfectly now Rock of Ages what I can say about it and I had no preconceptions you know what all I knew was Tom Cruise was in it that's the kind of the in summer when it came in the theaters I knew that Tom Cruise was in a a rock movie I didn't actually know it was a musical at that point I thought it was like Rockstar or something like a like a drama about a rock star, which is not what it is so um, it's let me just preface. It is like a fun musical. Like, it's not serious. It's not Dream Girls, It's not... It's a fun kind of take on a musical, right? And if you're a heavy metal fan or whatever, I think you might despise it, actually, because I feel... And I liked this movie, actually. I thought it was really fun, partially because of a couple of performances that actually... Yeah. Um, but I think overall, and I think, like if I have any problems, I'll start with these problems. The 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 female and the male leads are horrendous in my opinion. Yeah. They sing horribly, they act horribly, they kind of cheapen the whole thing. Absolutely. Um, now, uh, the Julianne Hough, the main uh, girl. I can't even listen to her sing. It's so bad. I mean, it's not bad. She can sing well, fair, enough, but she's got that horrible, like a Minnie Mouse kind yeah. of uh, Betty Boop kind of uh, delivery to the songs.
1: Like a Debbie Gibson, but cranked up. Yeah, exactly to be. like Debbie yeah. Gibson,
0: who it does have an involvement with this movie, funnily enough. Um, <laughs> not, so yeah,
1: not surprising after we
0: saw her no. on The Apprentice. So it is like, yeah, it's like that, and I don't like that. So. What it does is it kind of puts that like Glee fame absolutely kind of um, vibe on top High of the movie musical. High School Musical. That kind of cutesy kind of oh you know so that I can't abide. It makes me feel sick to my stomach almost. It's um <laughs>
1: that's a bit harsh.
0: No, it's not harsh. It's just that how I, harsh. it's just how I feel about that type of makes you s- sick to your stomach. It's just an expression, but saccharin. Um, you know, it's it's yucky to me. It's like, it's too... It's not... You know, the rock people who made the music... The real songs that permeate this movie... It's so far removed from them. This uh, glee type thing that's inserted on top of here. You know, that's the part I don't like. But then... I do like some of the songs when the stars are singing. Actually, when Tom Cruise is singing when Catherine Zeta-Jones is singing, uh, when Russell Brand is singing, they do a good job, whereas the two leads who are actual...
1: I thought the guy wasn't as bad, though.
0: Yeah, but he's still very just into Kelly kind, when he
1: did kind of thing. When ro- um, I Want to Rock, that was the best one, because there's, you, there's a lot to hide behind in that song, do you know what, see, what I mean? Like, it's see, kind of bigger problem, than... problem. the
0: problem to me is I never bought him as a rock dude... He, he, yeah. when, when he's a boy band dude that looked perfectly it right did. to me so when he was trying to be the rock dude I kept looking at him thinking he just looks like a boy he's not like a rock dude like Russell Brand looks like a rock dude this guy looks like a boy like mm-hmm. pretending to sing rock songs so that's what I didn't get with it right, yeah. like, I think they were miscast actually those two leads Absolutely. and it's a shame because they're the majority of the movies story.
1: because it's a bit of a satire Yeah. That was the idea. I also thought that, too. the really cheesy, like, perfect little couple.
0: Yeah, but I don't think that is it, is it? I don't know. It seemed like... Now, I know, and it was mentioned there in the extras that they were saying, oh, we know how this musical could appeal to the people who grew up in the 80s, or the new audience, which are the people who... The youngsters of today who think, oh... I've seen these 80s rock videos. I wasn't around, but it looks cool. And they love Glee. And they, and love, they love Glee. Yeah. And they might have, it might just have been a, let's inject all that together. And the, I, I watched some YouTube videos of the actual Broadway performance of... There's some music in this house. Uh, the Broadway performance That's of... A, right. <laughs> I watched some YouTube videos of the Broadway performance of uh, Rock of Ages. And oh, yeah, right. And yes, it, it is like the movie. It is cutesy and... Uh, very greasy, Is it? Okay. Yeah, you know? Okay. So, okay, they went for that vibe. But then again, they also try and instill some, like, adult themes and some darkness and stuff. So it, it kind of feels like this weird mishmash.
1: Yes, a mishmash. That's my least favorite thing about... Are you done? No. Oh, go
0: ahead. So um, that's what I disliked, that those two. And it's unfortunate because, like, she opens her mouth on the bus on the way. I mean, the, the movie opens with her traveling on the bus to Hollywood. And she starts singing Sister Christian on the bus. And as soon as she opened her mouth, I was like... Okay, this is a musical. We're probably going to sit through, what, 15, 20 songs maybe during this movie. I hope that she's not all of them. (laughs) Unfortunately, she's not all of them. Um, But... And this is a missed opportunity, in my opinion. And something that I think they should have done here. Now, the real bands of this era who lend all their music to this uh, musical... Never get, even though some of them are in the movie as cameo appearances and stuff, I would have used those people also. I would have had them as performers in the bar. I would have, you know, even if they were just in the background or something. I think they missed an opportunity to have the real music. And they did have the real music ever so occasionally. But it seemed to me they were more fascinating. It would be than- more
1: funny if they had the guys from Journey singing a song from somebody else. As if they were like an up-and-coming band of like, yeah, just something, dudes and they get up there and do a cover of Journey, but they're actually like Def Death Death Leopard. Leopard. Yeah, it's,
0: <laughs> it seemed a missed opportunity. I mean, yeah, they played a couple of the a couple of the real songs ever so occasionally, but like, and I, and what I liked about this movie is this is a problem I have with musicals in general is I don't really want to, I don't wanted to listen to a load of songs while i'm watching a movie
1: yeah
0: um i like songs in movies like actually um you know soundtracks of movies where they use the right piece of music at the right time i think it's very powerful but this kind of you know let's stop and sing a song now um i don't like that kind of vibe but in this movie i found cleverly whoever wrote the musical overall The lyrics to the songs fit the story. I mean, mean, they they already have the lyrics to the songs then write the story around the songs, but they were perfectly placed.
1: And that's the idea of an actual, real musical, is that the song is the dialogue. Right. It's not just a song performed, plunked in the middle of a movie. It's like, it's dialogue between two people, it's a person's inner dialogue with themselves so that you learn more about them or you get more of what's happening, yeah.
0: So, in here, you know... The you know the songs always fit because I was always listening to the lyrics. I, I already know the lyrics because they're all songs that you already know, right? So, and I'm applying it to the movie, going, "Oh yeah, it's exactly what is happening here." So I like that because it's. I know that's what you're supposed to do in a musical, but it definitely fit. It. Um, and then, the elephant in the room, as you would as, as I would say for this movie, is um, when I get to the cast. I guess. But it's for me, what makes this whole movie is Mr. Tom Cruise. Um, I feel like...
1: Let me just say what you said while we are watching the movie. And you don't speak like this. You don't ever speak like this. You said, he's one brave son of a bitch.
0: <laughs> I also said, I don't think I've... There was a moment in the movie where Tom Cruise was doing something. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I never thought I'd ever see that on the screen. Tom Cruise doing that in that kind of character it just seems really also yeah it's just the appearance it's of just that. very bizarre like so Tom Cruise plays this rock star guy Stacey Jacks um I see it you know Tom Cruise is he, he sticks to certain roles right we're used to him in certain things you know action, Mission Impossible and that kind of thing like an action dude or Whiskey Business or you know Top Gun sticks to a certain thing and then occasionally he breaks out of the mold magnolia being one um almost like he was channeling the magnolia dude here slightly a little bit yeah um the the, you know it's a similar vibe uh and then you know so i go on imdb this afternoon uh, after we've watched the movie and i say well people think of rock of ages is it popular did people like it yeah there's a big big you know thing of people who like it and then the whole message was took over with people saying Tom Cruise, what a dickhead. I hate Tom Cruise. Yeah. He ruins this movie. Why is Tom Cruise in this? Scientology, Scientology. Tom Cruise is an idiot. He's mad. Blah, 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 blah. He only did this because he's mad now and that's. He can actually pander to his own feelings.
1: It is a little bit self serving for all of them, I have to say. However. And I don't think he's... He didn't make the movie for me. I'll say. Catherine Cedar Jones almost made it for me, and she's not even in it that much. But um but I think, when I'm watching him, is... First of all, I can't ever... No matter what he's in now, I can't stop l- seeing him as Tom Cruise anymore. He's got that sort of thing in my mind, good or bad. So I'm watching this, and I'm thinking he plays this, you know, overly famous, worshipped... Rock God guy. And Tom Cruise has that kind of fame, too. And I just think in this one, he's taking that. And then he... I think he... It's a little bit... It is a little self-serving. Because he's... It's like he wants to... Impress. Like, uh, there's a lot of pressure involved. Like, if he gets up there and makes a total... Total ass of himself, or it's really not very good... He's the about the same age as the guys that he's the bands are and he's, they were there on the day when he filmed singing the songs and stuff so I just thought it's a little bit about him at times it's I quite, felt
0: it's quite oh also Tropic Thunder where he kind of yeah. uh, went you know out yeah. of his comfort zone I just thought it was this character from the second he appeared with his bare ass and his um, <laughs> dragon codpiece it piece. was a little
1: too much sometimes but then the movie is funny I so. thought it was
0: hilarious just because I'm not is I because almost? Of Tom Cruise. Yeah, I almost felt like I. What was Tom Cruise thinking yeah. <laughs> to do this? It's so brave to do this because you're opening yourself for every piece of ridicule ever. Yeah. Plus, you're going to be singing in this movie, like because Tom Cruise actually sings in this movie.
1: That's the hard part,
0: and he sings pretty well. I mean, for a rock song, yeah, you know, he sounds like a rock dude when he's singing. And yes, all all musical movies, lip sync. Because they record the songs in the studio and then they lip sync them on the stage. So, yes, you can tell they're lip syncing, but that's kind of the case for every everyone. Everyone is, yeah. Yeah, everybody does that. In all musicals, that's just how a movie musical is made. Um, there is a new movie musical, Les Miserables, the new version of it, where go- it's a movie, where they're going to, for the first time in movie musicals, sing live while they record it instead of recording the song oh sing the the
1: part when they're in the scene like they're doing normal dialogue yeah like a normal
0: Broadway play
1: technology surely
0: these days that that is apparently the first one to do that so you won't get the lip synky type deal but Tom Cruise did an awesome job I think I think so I bought him as this odd rock star you know who's lost touch with everything Um, he's it's it's so weird I mean it's weird he has this sex scene that's weird yeah and he throws himself fully into it. Absolutely. He doesn't care about what he...
1: His body's half yeah. naked most of the time. And he's and contorting he's just, a little bit. And he's yeah. kind of...
0: Even like, you know, he's jazz hands in it open and, and you know, stuff. people he's, have
1: said for 20 years that every time Tom Cruise is in a movie that he insists that everyone be... Somehow, if they elevate him to be taller than people. But not in this one. He's not. No, he's pretty small. He just is... You know what I mean? Like, you think people... You know, you hear all these rumors and shit, but in this one, it's like he is him. He's he's like stripped, excuse me, like stripped down literally, and then he just acts. The moments where he's a little bit too like, you know, rock starry, arrogant. Those moments, I was like, just rein it in a little bit. But I liked
0: the whole thing. <laughs> I did, I just it was just so it was bizarre yet genius or something. There was like some <laughs> line that he's writing of like. This guy's gone off totally mental, like the stuff that he's choosing to do, or he's... He knows what he's doing, and he's not... Obviously, he's not mental, he's, you know...
1: Right, you mean he's got in his mind who this guy is. Right. Yeah.
0: And he's just writing this line of this... It's, you know, like you say, you can't stop thinking of Tom Cruise, and neither can I, but because I have all these preconceptions of Tom Cruise, and I'm not on the camp that says Tom Cruise is a lunatic because of Scientology, at all. I, I... accept everybody's thing like you know that's the thing that as Paul Thomas Anderson said in an interview yesterday that's a thing that gets him through life because they asked him about Tom Cruise's Scientology and he said I don't have a problem with it it's, it's as same as anything else like he just gets him through right I don't yeah. care about what he believes or whatever I don't think it makes him crazy um I, you know, he's a, he's a talented actor and everything I've seen about Tom Cruise and I watched loads of extras, in fact, the extras this from Mission Impossible 4, The Ghost Protocol, you can see how hard working and diligent in the job of acting committed, that game. Yeah, is.
1: absolutely. You, he not does just commit. in the
0: acting, in the producing, the whole thing, getting something going like Mission Impossible. He was involved in everything on Mission Impossible, if you remember. He was like, you know, he's... He didn 't have to be his mega movie star guy, right, but he he's, he throws himself into something, and I appreciate that, and I think he did here too um, and it made the movie for me there was loads of lameness to it
1: I was at one point I thought, oh thank goodness they didn't get someone like Ben Stiller, yeah, you know to be the try to be the to skirt because that would have made it so that you were expecting.
0: Right, back, and yeah. if Russell Brand was that character, yeah. it'd be boring, wouldn't exactly. it? Because you'd be like, "Oh, Russell Brand, we've seen him do that before. It's not that yeah. he does that every day. That's just how he is. Like,
1: and he's been that guy.
0: Yeah. So yeah, that. And if you were cast in this movie, Russell Brand would be the obvious person for that. But not choosing that makes this better for me. But then I there's enough there's comedy that's not funny. Like, Absolutely. like between Russell, Russell Brand's a funny guy, right? But I think Russell Brand has the least funny lines in this movie. Totally. And when he does open his mouth with that ridiculous accent that he's doing, like a brummy, like um oh, Aussie uh, Osborne accent. Yeah. He, um, the lines, like, they're really crappy jokes. Like, it's not stuff that Russell Brand would say. Russell Brand's way more funny than that. I've seen. You know, we've seen Russell Brand stand up. These are just real, like, lowest common denominator jokes that he's spurting out that somebody gave him in the script. I think he was underused. I don't think... So I was kind of cringing at that stuff. I was cringing at your friend, um, Alec Baldwin.
1: I don't like Alec Baldwin. Even I though I really
0: loved the, uh, the sentiment of that.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I'm not yeah. going to give that away, but that. I really liked that, because, uh, you know, Love Actually... Yeah. It's the same thing, right? These yeah. two people who spend a lot of time together. But it together. was horrible. What?
1: It was... It was lame. No, it i was... say I
0: like the sentiment. Yeah. Like, Love Actually did it better. Yeah. This is the exact sentiment in Love Actually.
1: But the way they did it was
0: just... Ugh. Right. And in this, it's cheesy and s- supposed to be funny, but like I say, they miss the mark on the comedy a lot of the time. Um... So, yeah, it's a real mixture, and I'm not the person to ask about musicals at all. I don't sit through musicals, I'm not a Glee fan, I'm not, you know, I'm not waiting for the next Broadway play to go and see it. I don't care less about them. But this one had something a little bit over and above other ones. I think it's just the music. But then again, half of the music is butchered for me by that girl.
1: Yeah. I
0: don't want to listen to her singing... um, Uh, Sister Christian I want to hear the real people sing Sister Christian she could have lip synced over the real version for me and that would have been better (laughs) because then I wouldn't have had to listen to Miss Nasally you know Um,
1: it's not even nasal it's like uh, it's down. it's
0: exactly Debbie Gibson we saw Debbie Gibson on The Celebrity Apprentice and she had to do a commercial and she sang a little jingle for a commercial as a task and we looked at each other and said is she He's doing like, that on purpose
1: I've got to sing this song yeah. I've got to it. like yeah, you've like done that. some helium or yeah, some shit yeah. so
0: this girl sings in that tone the entire time and it's it's just off putting to me I can't deal with it and, and there's really extended long songs yep. with her that she sings for 8-9 minutes and you're like Okay, could we have Tom Cruise singing some more? That's what I was like. So,
1: <laughs> or Catherine Zeta-Jones.
0: And, you know... there are. I loved Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yeah, she was good. And there's people in the, in the uh, movie who sing songs who shouldn't really be singing songs. Paul Giamatti, for one. I'm, I'm glad they only give him a few lines.
1: Because, <laughs> you know, he, <laughs> and he did
0: sing a little bit. But then I was like, yeah, that's probably about as much as I could take. Because, yeah, he's not a singer. No. Um so it's a weird movie for me to review. It's really weird. It's not my thing at all.
1: But overall, you enjoyed it. It's I
0: think fun. I smiled the entire time because it's fun. Like that's the pro. That's the thing with it. Like the that's music the pro- takes me that's back. The
1: problem with it? It's fun.
0: The music takes me back to to that music, obviously. And I'm not a bit. I wasn't a big fan of that music back then. Uh, I did like Kiss, and I you know I like Black Sabbath. I was a bit more of the. I liked Black Sabbath and Motorhead, right? right. And they're a bit more they're not as fluffy as that stuff but there again I did hear that stuff I Wait, mean Def
1: Leopard is fluffy I think I, guess, I yeah. think
0: the, the, these songs that they concentrate on here are. pour some sugar on me yeah fun. you know the, that stuff it's the commercial end of the yeah. uh, 80s hairband pop stuff that you hear in this movie um, and I kind of like Motorhead the Ace of Spades and stuff which was not this at all hardcore and this, what this movie does is it takes those songs that were poppy to begin with and pops them further. And that's the problem I had with it. Even though when they do in the extras talk to the real people, they do seem to respect the movie because it kind of gives them a, well, you know, maybe we're being forgotten about and this movie mm. kind of puts us back in the focus so younger people maybe can enjoy our music. So, um, yeah, it's a weird movie for me, but I, to- I enjoyed it. Not totally enjoyed it because of those flaws for me so uh, what about you did you
1: I enjoyed it but I think because um, I felt like it was really self-serving a lot there were scenes where and I don't like Alec Baldwin at all I don't find him funny I don't find him charming I don't at all I think ugh and when he's every time he speaks he's up his own ass at how funny he must seem or whatever it is that's motivating him it's bad to me it's like it's like they had to do the scene and they asked some guy in the hallway to come in and say can you do these lines for us because we need to practice this scene and he's that guy Mm. i mean i really hate watching him and that drug it down a lot for me i mean he was not even trying it was like i don't even how to describe it yes he's been good in dramas Fine, I never watched 30 Rock, so I don't know how that is, but I don't like him at all. So that, re- that like, tainted it the way that she tainted it for you, because I kept being afraid that, oh, here he comes, here he comes, here he comes. And then, <clears throat> I think I almost would have liked it more if it was all singing.
0: Just singing the dialogue?
1: Yeah, well... Songs.
0: Because there is there are that type of music right, as well. Right, not
1: singing dialogue. Actually, just songs to further it all along. Not not even like we wrote some dialogue and put some music to it. I mean, make it find songs that fit every single scene and go from there. Because if you're going to be making fun of a genre, which I feel like this is sort of...
0: <clears throat> no, I don't feel that at all. I feel like it's a I tribute like. to that genre.
1: Oh, I disagree. I feel like it was more like taking the place a lot time. of times. No, no. I don't mean of the 80s. I mean... Taking the piss out of musicals a lot because, like, Dream Girls is a kind of musical that it all seems classy and what, and, and all that. And then this one, it's like a in the musical. music store, they jump up on the thing and she hits the sign and all that stuff. It's, it's more like
0: Grease like, than Dream Girls, right?
1: Even Grease, it is what it is. Like,. It still sort of like respects the fact that it's a musical. This one sort of like is making fun of it, being a musical. So I enjoyed it. I had fun. I just could have clipped out a whole bunch of it and been happy to have all the music scenes, of course. I actually
0: think at almost two and a half hour running time of the extended cut... Um, it's probably half an hour too long, though.
1: And it felt like a long one. Like, like the
0: end part did. There are
1: movies that we love that are three hours long and you go, oh, that seemed like I, it only lasted an hour. I think like, like the
0: third act of it where they're trying to um, conclude the, what's happened, which actually is nothing when it comes down to it. No. Is a bit long-winded for what it really is. And that could be because we watched the extended cut. The theatrical version might actually be better in this case.
1: I also got a few... Um, just glimmers in my brain of Coyote Wild. Of what? Coyote Ugly. That's what it is. Where I right. got the girl's story. Right. Where yeah. she's from a small town and she comes and she wants not to that sing her.
0: Not that that's a musical.
1: No, I'm just saying that theme. And then there's
0: music songs right. that, you
1: know, and I got, Oh, I don't want that. And that kind of uh, put a bad stain on it for me, too.
0: But um, one thing I must say about it, about how. Um, a good thing a good point on it is how um, amazing the cinematography was I thought it was like lit really well Um, does look really nice looks like a music video the entire time it's glossy it's super colourful it's um, just all the time to me it looked like are we saying music videos are great (laughs) <laughs> well, I think they pay a lot of attention. Obviously, the whole music video thing is to catch your eye and you know watch. You know, when it's on, you go, "Oh, what's this?" and, and end up listening to the song. Um, and I feel that this looked the part the entire time. It, you know, the scene in the strip club, yeah, is it was so choreographed and the camera moves and the it was really good. The lighting that's my time favorite to, song in the whole thing. They did a lot of lighting in time to the music. I noticed on a lot of the scenes. I thought that was really well done. Like a stage show. Like it should be because it is that, right? So that was one thing I really liked about it um, on Blu-ray. Sounds, you know, this movie lives or dies by how good it sounds because it's all music, right? Yeah. It needs, needs to get you going, sound like you're in a concert. It does. Like it, it's surround sound. It's, uh looks really good. And like you say, some of those songs, like the one that you really like from the guy, you know, Yeah. It feels like you're in the crowd with him. You know, it's all around. It's it's powerful, like. So, yeah, I I like that. Um, Just quickly on the cast, because we've talked about a lot of them. Tom Cruise, great. Stacey Jacks. Russell Brand. Underused. Very. Alec Baldwin. You don't like him. I have no... I'm really neutral about him. He doesn't... But he's crappy. Yeah, to me, (laughs) I'm neutral about him. Um, Brian Cranston. I love Brian Cranston. Underused. Kind of pointless, almost. Yeah. It's, It's just this... Totally. Cameo, like it's just here he is. Here's Brian Cranston. Here's something? It didn't do anything for me. Julianne Hough, the main girl. Um, you know, I'm, I was trying to think, who is she and why is she like? Why are we bother about who, who is she? Is yeah. she? A, is she um, a new Is she? Why is she? Well, she's been in several things. I've just looked, but she was in Dancing with the Stars on TV. Um, she was. So she must have been a star. Uh, right. So and she was in. The remake of Footloose last year.
1: Oh, right, okay. Uh,
0: She's in the next Diablo Cody movie. Called the untitled Diablo Cody movie. So there's no... But she's not got a long thing going on. Like, I was like, why is she super famous? Or why... Oh, the reason she's super famous and in the public's eye is she's uh, dating Ryan Seacrest. So I'm guessing, like... the. Tabloids, like right. all that crap, just spew about her all the time. But so that it? doesn't
1: mean anything.
0: No, it doesn't mean anything. But I'm saying, why do we? I I don't know her. I'm I'm thinking, why is she the main person in this uh, yeah. movie? That's who she is. So then you've got. Plus,
1: they had to find somebody who could dance, right? Who can who can sing if they think that they like that kind of singing. Obviously, that's a marketable type of singing, and it's very eighties. So that could have been on purpose, right? Because it's a very Debbie Gibson sound and she looks good and she acts fine. I mean, there are moments when I'm a little bit like, ugh, she's, I don't know, too cheerleader She's very show-busy. Very affected, as they say. But there were other moments when I was like, yeah, 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 I want to see this girl again in something where she's got a little more serious or just something a little more,
0: you know, meaty to... I was uh, fully expecting to see that she was the lead person in Glee when I looked on the thing. Yeah, that's, that's who what I thought. I was thinking that's who it was, but it's not... So, and the other, the main guy in the movie, Diego Bonita, who plays Drew, she was called Sherry Christian. I didn't realize her second name was Christian until the end of the movie. Um, He um, also, to me, didn't pull it off. He he just didn't pull it off. I don't buy him as like a rough kind of rock guy. He's like, it just, I never bought it at all.
1: He was like um, one of the side dudes in an 80s movie. 80s teen movie. I've got the hiccups. Don't look at me weird. I can't help it. One of those dudes... You made a funny face at me. I can't help it when I get the hiccups. Hopefully they won't be too horrible. But um, one of those, like, you've got the main guys in the 80s movies and then the main guy always has dopey friends who come around and they're really bad actors and they're kind of like, like overly over everything and that's what he
0: remembered. he was really good as when they made him into a boy band guy (laughs) because that's who that's actually how I envisioned him at the beginning I kept thinking he's not rock enough his hair's not long enough he doesn't look like a rock guy he just doesn't look like a rock guy he looks like a 80s
1: I thought he looked like a 90s grunge guy
0: see I kept thinking he looked like an 80s like just a just a kid from the 80s oh we
1: didn't say it's set in 1987
0: yeah so at the beginning of the movie, I was like, well, "Why doesn't he have long hair? Like, really? He's a rock. He wants to be a rock guy. He's into rock. He doesn't look like a rock guy. Everybody else looks like a rock guy. Everybody looks like a rock guy, not him. Even Alec Baldwin looks like a rock guy."
1: I guess because Alec Baldwin looked like an idiot uh, right. as, an, as a rock guy, and if everyone was walking around with the long hair, it would just get a little bit much, maybe.
0: And then Catherine Zeta-Jones plays Patricia Whitmore, and there's like a, a side story in the movie where it's like.
1: I could have done without the side story, completely. I right. thought it was so erroneous.
0: Like, it... It doesn't... It, I, I can see, as a musical, if you, when it's on the stage, I can see that being a fun thing where they're in the... The church? Yeah, in the church. I can see that being a really fun musical number to do on the stage.
1: Yeah, and...
0: Because they're the stiff upper lip type of um, people against rock. And
1: 80s movies, and a lot of that teen kind of movies always has a foe where, like like the Goonies where your town's gonna get tore yeah, down the or bad the guy, yeah. your or like in spring break where their favorite hotel is gonna get tore down or whatever in the eighties. Yeah.
0: Cheesy.
1: But she, to me, was the acting parts where she's trying to squelch her, um, accent, I thought, why can't she just have an accent? She's so what if she's the mayor's wife? But that annoyed me because she kind of slipped out of it. But when she's performing her songs, it's almost like she comes to life. It's like, because she does sing and she does do she Broadway. Also. Yeah, and I thought this is her. And she knew to be a little extra cheesy and a little extra. Plus, you have to think, if we're thinking 80s here, this is a woman who's also probably soaked up some of the Pop culture and videos and stuff, and she does all the dance moves they have her do are very '80s. Pat Benatar, and it's funny
0: and, to see it because she's doing it in a business. Just, yeah, she's all know. dressed up
1: like a church lady, yeah, and funny. I felt I wanted to see more of her. I wanted to see two or three at least more songs of with her. But I liked her character. I just wish it had been folded in there a little bit differently. Like maybe she could have been the mayor herself instead of being married. It to seemed the mayor.
0: pointless. The um, yeah, because you know having Brian Cranston as the mayor and not yeah, obviously well the point was he wasn't really she was in charge right yeah but and he had this these issues yeah yeah <laughs> of not wanting to be in charge right so <laughs> yes. that's the that's the funny thing but it's i'm i'm thinking it's it's probably funnier in the musical i'm thinking they cut it down like made it less than what it is
1: yeah and it just isn't developed enough to make you you know they want to make the business in threat or you know it's threatened and all, and it wasn't enough of that it wasn't enough of that whole story it was all about Tom Cruise's character and the girl and you know I would like to and then the Rolling Stone story comes in there too and I thought just too much going on here
0: and then finally Paul Well, Paul Giamatti mm-hmm. plays Paul Gill uh, the sleazy um, uh, agent of Tom Cruise and it's perfect as a sleazy agent because <laughs> yes. he kind of looks like a sleazy agent always to me and then Mary J. Blige plays Justice, and she's a, she's obviously a singer, so she's perfect.
1: Yeah, she's the wise sort of woman leader person. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so yeah, there's a lot of people there. Some sing, some can sing, some can't sing. I, I think they all do a good, you know. Yeah. Good job.
1: I just feel like on a lot of the, the movies like this, sometimes when someone famous like Tom Cruise does their scene, and it isn't. Really, a hundred percent great. That no one wants to tell them. Like right. he's the one who's going to know, and he might fix it himself. But these other people, I'm. A, I think sometimes a director might not always have the nerve to say, "Okay, let can we, you know, can we try that one more time, Mr. Giamatti? You know, he might." But although he was fine, but. I just got that vibe sometimes.
0: Well, I, I didn't, I've not oh. seen a clip from this movie ever, a trailer, no, nothing, right? I just knew it was a musical, so I assumed everybody's song, right? And uh, I was nervous, to be <laughs> honest, about Tom Cruise. I was like, okay, I've not really heard Tom Cruise sing. He's going to sing, and I'm thinking he's probably, he's the main guy in this movie. He's the big star guy. He's probably going to have to sing full songs on his own. And when he started approaching the microphone, I was like... Oh this if this is bad this movie's kind of over for me is cuz that's I have to buy that. And I did. So that was good for me like cuz I didn't expect I
1: mean he's not great but like you said Nobody really the, pull, he pulls The rock it off. kind of thing. It's yeah, it's by, not
0: like hard singing.
1: But when you're listening to him he sounds like Tom Cruise talk like it's his voice. Yes.
0: There's no mistake. But that also helps. Sure. Like I didn't want him to do an impersonation of Dee Schneider or something. Oh yeah, no, no. I wanted him just to be Tom Cruise, but sound all right. And he sounds serviceable. It's not yeah. the greatest thing ever, but it's not—it's no way bad. It's just he can sing. You know, it's—I'm sure he went to lots of singing lessons. Oh, to, it uh, seems
1: like the intense kind of guy. Yeah.
0: Pull that off. Um, so this is directed by Adam Shankman, who we've also reviewed. A f- uh, he also did bedtime stories with uh, Adam Sandler. He did the Wedding Planner. And he also did the pacifier with Vin Diesel. Oh
1: my God, these aren't great movies.
0: No, bedtime stories I quite enjoyed. To be honest, I don't like um, Adam Sandler in general, but
1: it was all right. But I liked his
0: sentiment. It was did.
1: weak, as you know, wasn't
0: the pacifier is pretty bad. Yeah, the wedding planner. I don't think I saw it. Neither. Um, but yeah, I like the direction here, though. I think he. It felt to me like I was watching a big elaborate musical, and I liked how it was filmed. Like I say, it was like the musical numbers come off like a big music video and they're glossy, they're they're everything you want. They've got flashing lights, they're, you know, I feel like I, it's almost like I'm watching a stage play, but, you know. That's Tom what Cruise I liked about
1: particularly the church scene because it really got me in the mind of wouldn't this be awesome in a theater uh, and, and, and I... it looks good here with the added bonus of being able to move your camera around and see him from the right. side and, and above yeah right. but in essence they were just doing the scene with a bunch of
0: pews and that's why i could see that i that yeah. was one scene in particular that when it came on i was like yeah i can imagine this on the stage that would be an interesting fun kind of production you know and some of them you know obviously it's on a stage in a musical It's easy to do a rock concert style scenario Because yeah. that's actually what you do Well,
1: but you have to have a stage on a stage Yeah, you do Or you don't <laughs> Or you don't
0: or Well, you, you do Because part
1: of the players are audience members So you have to have a place for the audience And a place
0: for the stage When I looked at some of the YouTube videos Of this actually being done on Broadway Where somebody had sneaked a camera in it was, it was very elaborate It looked like well, a sure. movie I mean, it's it's not like roll-on wooden looking
1: how long has it been since you've been to a play?
0: I, I've, when I was at school, I went to see a lot of ballet with school. Right. They took us to see ballet and um, and e- even at the Manchester, you know, the big... Yeah. Where the stars will be doing the ballet. This would
1: have been about 30 years
0: ago. Yeah, and it, and now it's like I did see a, a couple of clips from this and it looks really expensive. Like, yeah,
1: I've been to small theatres, little tiny theatres where they... Like a little community theatre and their sets are amazing. Like they've figured out the way to get sets looking awesome, painted beautifully, and they're really elaborate in terms of, like, we have to swap from... We're, right now we're out in the barnyard and the next scene we're going to have to be in the grocery yeah. store. And as the actors talk and do their dialogue, there's really no awful. more, like, yeah, there's no more, like, dim the lights, no, shuffle, no, no, shuffle, no. shuffle. Yeah. It's like it's... Re- and it looks real. It fills the stage and everything looks so... so I, think I would this love would, to see this on Yeah, screen. I think
0: this would be possibly better on the stage with a you know whoever did I don't know who did it, the original cast or whatever, you know, like I, I it was it was popular, so Yeah. It was popular for a reason, it's still on Broadway, right? So yeah, um so yeah, it's directed by that guy, uh Adam Shankman, who yeah, those aren't the best uh movies ever. Um I think possibly think this is his best one out of those. Out of those, yeah. Yeah. Um so DVD extras here are Blu-ray extras. And they're actually quite good, even though there's very little of them. But first you get um, Rock of Ages, Legends of the Sunset Strip, and Brett Michaels hosts it. And that's the worst part of it, Bret Michaels hosts it.
1: i I've met Mr. Michaels some time ago.
0: Did he speak like he did in, the, in this? Um...
1: No, he was wasted. It was after concert to which I won tickets on the radio once, a long time ago, like 25 years ago, at <laughs> the height of their fame. But for some reason they were playing in Hannibal, Missouri, which is not a huge place. But um, we, we got backstage passes, went backstage. I was with my college roommate at the time. And um, he proceeded, came straight up to us and went up to her and started to pull the front of her shirt up. And he had like a pen in his hand. And was kind of like, hey, let me let me sign your shirt or whatever he was doing. And pulling her shirt up off her t-shirt, you know. And she's like, whoa, what are you doing? Because she like hates any of that shit. We were going because we thought it would be hilarious because we didn't like it, the kind of music. So, and then he kind of stood yeah, there for a minute. Yeah, you went to see Rat, Rat and Poison, right together,
0: right? Rat Poison. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> so that was my encounter with Brett Michaels.
0: Right, and he he's done a lot of VH1 shows, yeah. and this um, could be a VH1 show. This featurette, it's a thirty-minute featurette. It so
1: does look like something they would present. It
0: does. So they might have been presenting it to promote this movie, right? Sure. Um so it's a thirty minute documentary thing. It was good. And it do it it was good because what they do is they interview all D. Schneider, everybody from Pat anybody you can think of, really, the ones who are involved with the music of this movie. It's like Journey, RO
1: Speedwagon. I didn't know who Jet Boy was. No,
0: I didn't either. i heard of
1: them and then they had uh Def But there Leopard. again, Jet
0: Boy could have sung some super famous song that you just never knew. Yeah,
1: just to never know who he was.
0: Um but yeah, they all it's a you know they ask them a question they answer it and it's funny who was with
1: Pat Benatar was it like her husband husband yeah
0: yeah. it said it was a husband
1: had his name it didn't say husband it just had his name but I was glad I it to said, see
0: her I thought it said husband or the because bit. the
1: Catherine Zeta-Jones does hit me with your best shot which is my favourite sh- sh- thing in the whole movie and it was really good I always loved that shot that
0: song anyway in fact it tells you here who was on this it was a uh, members of Def Leppard Journey Night Ranger Poison and Ario Speedwagon mm-hmm. um
1: and Pep
0: Yeah, and Whitesnake, because yeah. David Coverdale was in there. Um, but yeah, more, more than what it says. And
1: Warrant, and the Scorpions,
0: yeah. and Styx. So they interview them, and they talk about everything from the clothes they wore, how they come up with those styles, to how they wrote the lyrics to these songs. And not...
1: That was another one, though.
0: Yeah, well, I'm kind of bunching yeah, these bunching together. Yeah, bunching them together, yeah. Because there's Rock of Ages, Legends of the Sunset Strip. There's The Stories We Sing, which is the same format, it could all, almost be part of it. It's just how they came up with, how they came up with the songs. And you know, not, sometimes when. Sometimes. I learned the other day that In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins, which I think is one of the fantastic songs. Are you going to
1: ruin it now for everybody? No. <laughs> Are you going to tell us some horrible well, thing about it? You
0: either why. like it or you don't. <laughs> I, I've always loved it. I think it's a powerful song. And uh, Phil Collins. Um, they was asking him how he came up with in the air tonight. Still, after thirty years, yes, people are asking. Don't know, him. Don't know why. Oh or my it was God. an old interview I was looking at, and uh, he said uh, he just liked the way those the words sounded together. And then they were like, but it's this and that it means this and that and it might mean this and that but that's not what I was coming off right so if it's got a really deep meaning to you that's good but for me it sounded good with the drum track that I was using
1: and that's what that guy said about (laughs) in Def Leppard that the way he wrote the songs like pour some sugar on me was that he just threw words out and see how they sound together because he said if you pay attention a lot of it doesn't make any sense right and that is true, but
0: so yeah, some of the deep things you give to stuff might not necessarily have been what it was originally <laughs> intended, um, but they like that anyway. They're like, oh yeah, if you if they meant that to you, that's cool as well.
1: It's like art. It's art, isn't it? It is. You take it on. If it, if that song, if you heard that song like, you know, the day that your dude asked you to marry him or something, and it made it really romantic, then that's what it is. Like, right. No one should take that away from you.
0: So, yeah, it's a 30 and then another 40 minutes of interviews with these old uh, 80s icons.
1: Oh. They're about our age. I need yes, break are. it to you. A B-
0: bit older. A little
1: bit older, but not much. Maybe um, 10 years older.
0: And then you've got a featurette called Defining a Decade, hosted by Julianne Hough and Diego Benetta. which we, we kind of did skipped. Skipped and um, But it covers each portion of the movie. They go from the hair, from the music to the hair. So it's how they newcomers to this genre yeah. see it. Um, and then there's a Any Way You Want It music featurette featuring Mary J. Blige and there's a couple of music videos and then finally the best featurette on this entire Blu-ray. Oh my god. Why and how
1: and We what? haven't figured what, it out yet. What is it? Well the first time we got a glimpse of it was when you <laughs> put the, the Blu-ray in and then all of a sudden this what, this is the way I said, this is what I said, well, it looks like something when I've been to like a hotel in a tropical place, like a nice hotel, and you turn on the TV, and it has this like promotional thing of how wonderful it is here in the hotel, and it has like these weird shots of people smiling in bikinis, and like the, the drink with the umbrella floats past, and then shots of the boat in the water, and that's what it was, and we didn't know why it was there, and at the end. And when we we're looking at the extras, it's, like, from the Florida Tourism Board. Yeah, it's a... And there's no explanation for why it's on there.
0: And it's actually a, listed as a special feature. Yeah. And it even shows you how long it lasts. Is it because you... somebody
1: saw it and just thought, oh, my God, that's hilarious. Because it looks like a satire. It is I don't not. think it is. It I is think, the real I dope. think...
0: I think the movie was funded in part by the state of Florida. You gotta or look it up,
1: because it's crazy.
0: Because, yeah, there's a tourism informational... Not even informational. It's just like, hey, Florida come exists. Florida. Come to Florida, yeah. That's well, hard. at
1: the end, she's in the rain, and it's like, you need to come to Florida. It's
0: really so. out of place. It, it, it seems fine if it's in the ad roll at the beginning of the movie. Like, in the trailers and stuff. But It would
1: also seem all right... If you if the movie was about Miami or if it was florida, yeah about Florida, if you felt like it was in Florida, but this is a movie in Hollywood. Yeah, it it's like the sense. farthest away, but
0: so interestingly, if you want to see an <laughs> yeah. informational tourism film for Florida, it's on here. It's about a minute and forty six seconds, I think.
1: Or just go to florida dot com. So
0: um. Yeah, that's that's everything you get on this Blu-ray. You also get a DVD and a UltraViolet digital copy, and I'm actually learning to love these UltraViolet digital copies because you type the code in, you go on Voodoo on your TV, and there's your movie shows up soon. Disks will be So thing we have
1: Voodoo back. for sure, you and I.
0: We there's Voodoo uh, it's built into our TV. Right, because
1: there are some things I was looking at the other day I wanted to watch, and I they had the choice of Voodoo and I it was on my laptop so I didn't try it, but
0: Voodoo you have to pay, obviously, um for it's a rental service. So, so everything is um it's not like Netflix you pay every month. It's like you pay per watch.
1: Oh, they said free here at these the sites or something. Does they it do have something? trailers
0: and stuff, but it's generally a movie... Re- like, if you want to watch Cabin in the Woods, you go on Voodoo and pay $4. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's that kind of service. But the ultraviolet digital copies sync with Voodoo now. So if you go on our TV and press the Voodoo button... we could watch this again. Um, all, our, all our digital copies show up there. So, like, everything that we have that I enter in there. So there's a there's a big it's ended up like 30 or 40 movies All just right. in our digital library that's now. cool so it is cool and it's, it's kind very of very
1: cool because when my mom comes then we could watch one of those yeah and it's, it's kind
0: of a glimpse of the future of like we will eventually just get a piece of paper with the code right
1: I think so um why do we need to waste the paper <laughs> They As will just time. telepathically <laughs> yes. send the
0: code to your brain. Put
1: the chip in my wrist, and then I'll swipe it and get all my movies and stuff in my It
0: wrist. is cool, because the digital copies of the past, uh, they were an extra disc in the box, and then you put it in, and it was like, yeah, I only need iTunes for this. And Still
1: are. There was the one are. you just did.
0: Yeah, last week's um, The Avengers was yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But these ones that say Ultraviolet, I actually dig them because you can use them. Our TV supports it, and you can turn it on and watch it. Or you can go on Amazon Instant Video and use them there too. So, um, yeah, that's the uh, Blu-ray, Rock of Ages, uh, conclusion. It's really fun. It's not my movie. But it is... But I I can't... I was smiling the entire time. That's all I can say about it. Like, smiling sometimes, sometimes grimacing because there was really cheese. Sometimes, like, this is, like, awesome. Like, somebody... Certain things I was like, this is like awesome, they yeah. really it really comes together well here. And then the next scene, I'm like, no, that's I think horrible. for
1: me, to be very honest, the music overrode the movie. And I would rather just come in here, buy all those songs, originals, and listen to them again than watch that movie again. But when I did watch it, I had a good time.
0: If there was ever a Blu ray that should include the soundtrack as a digital download, but like original, the event, yeah. <laughs> or both, maybe, like sure. two discs. Sure, Like, the Avengers came with the soundtrack, and I listened to it this week, and I was like, yeah.
1: But you wouldn't want to listen to her singing those songs, well, that's, that's what I'm saying.
0: What I'm saying is that the Avengers soundtrack, it came with a download. I downloaded it and listened to it this week, and it's really meh, nah, because it's just Soundgarden, and it's just, run. it's not the, the orchestral parts, it's just yeah. the songs that are in the movie, and it's like ACDC, and and it's just like
1: you went eh, to ACDC yeah well
0: I've heard it a hundred times like you know so it's like it's not an interesting soundtrack to me I know I've heard these a hundred times too but if you're gonna throw it's a musical if you're gonna throw like a musical uh, download this is where you would put it right in a musical movie mm, yeah and it could be a double CD one with these people singing it and the other one with the original songs that's how it should be
1: wouldn't even need to be double would it I mean they don't take up that much space
0: well, they still call it a two-CD set because CDs only hold a, un, enough stuff. Right. still only hold the same amount. So, um, yeah, in conclusion, it's really fun. It's kind of a rental for me. I feel like I would watch it again for somehow, just for some... I just like the music. Is like. there a commentary? No. Duh. Unfortunately not. That would have been fun for you. So, um, thanks to Warner Brothers for the Blu-ray. Uh, I want to remind you about our contest. Go to AceBluet.com and enter some contests. We've got some DVDs to give away. Uh, next week's Blu-ray review will be Moonrise Kingdom, which I'm very excited for. It's um, Wes Anderson's new movie. Um, Wes Anderson's... Uh, again, Wes Anderson's not done me wrong yet. Has he? you?
1: That's me knocking on wood. I don't think...
0: I think we've liked everything Wes Anderson has done. I believe so. I can't think of a... No, he's, everything he's done has been cool. Really... Like he... Like, to me, he's one of those directors who goes overboard to make it good. Like, he. Like, he. Extra effort or something in he's, his. Life. He's committed to it, absolutely. You know, and. Uh, yeah. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Amazing. Lovely.
1: I want to watch it again. I saw it on my thing the other day, and I, we have a digital copy of it on my laptop.
0: Yeah, that was when digital copies could only be written yeah. on the laptop. Yeah, right. So, they, they, yeah, that's cool. So, um, movie game. What is the movie game? Movie memory. One, two, three.
1: It is when one of us says to the other, "Hey, it's really boring right now. So can you name me three movies that have da 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 in it and da 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 da? You fill in with whatever you want. Why are you picking your butt?
0: I've got yeah. <laughs> I'm not picking my butt. But I'm scratching the, on the side of my leg. you your
1: side of your butt. Uh, that's not part of the game. Uh, so that's it. And you can't look it up. It's memory. You dig it up from your memory. And it is my turn, I believe. Yes. Is that correct? That's and specific. I'm going to say, name three movies where someone rises to riches or fame or power, you know, and that's the theme of it. Three movies.
0: Rises to riches, fame, and power.
1: Riches, fame, or power of some kind. Right, you know, we see them go through the journey of not having the power, the money, the fame, and rising to it. Scarface. That's a
0: good one. Wall Street. I've never seen it. Was he down and out in the beginning? Not down and out, but it's a rise of him. I mean, gecko. Wasn't he already rich and stuck? Not like he is at the end of it. Okay,
1: okay, fair enough.
0: I didn't mean to spoil um, parts of that for yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> um And rise of a. Mm, there's lots of them. Just I'm going mm-hmm. Oh, I just thought of another one. Rise and fall, or just rise.
1: It, it it can be either, but rise. You you see them go from nothing to something. Definitely is a big theme. I Boogie think. nights. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's rise and fall.
0: <laughs> and he's <there's> nothing.
1: <laughs> Definitely about that goal. I just thought of that one. Cause goal. We see the Soccer yeah. one.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Godfather, because yeah. he actually isn't anything. Mm-mm. Um. I had some others, but we did name.
0: I think like Scarface is the ultimate rise and fall story because it's.
1: He never falls though, does but he? But it <laughs> does this. Well,
0: it does this. It yeah. does this. You know, an immigrant dude. Yeah. And it's you know it's like I, f- I see it as I'm I'm doing a thing with my hand like a <laughs> like a graph that a graph? goes like this and eventually and then it go, <laughs> you know but it's it's this slow kind of you know those montage scenes of all the money just yeah and then Breaking Bad
1: yeah well yes because he does yeah. get a lot of money and there's lots of them when you think about you know. oh yes
0: so many in there. But it's a good
1: theme to follow.
0: All right, so movie recommendations this week. This is where we recommend some movies based on this week's movie or not. Mm -hmm. But mine are based on this week's movie. And I said not being a fan of musicals, I thought, well, I recommend a musical. And my recommendation for a musical is Dreamgirls, which I think...
1: Another movie about rising to fame.
0: Yes. Dreamgirls is a really good musical, in my opinion, because I like the story, and it's based on a true story. Um, And it's done... In a very serious way. But. People sing lines of dialogue to each other. In a, on occasion. But it never seems to me. Not a fit. It seems right. always right. And. When she sings the I'm not going one. Yep. I think it's one of the most. Like moving. Because. You're with that character at that point completely. And it's. Who is the girl from American Idol right? Mm-hmm. Jennifer Hudson. And it's. I didn't know that song I'd never heard it and it almost instantly I knew it like, also
1: like the one that Beyonce sings when she's going over in her mind what her life is like right I can't Yeah, I know the name of it that but yeah, yeah where you see her in the recording booth I think and she's just sitting there and like mulling over her you know what her life You're is like You're Gonna Love Me no that's the one you that's that see. one
0: isn't it? <laughs> um, but yeah that movie has got some really good songs John, it's got John C. Riley singing as well um, and Eddie Murphy yeah I really like it. It's, I don't particularly like musicals, but that is a musical I could rewatch. You know,
1: Chicago. You didn't hate Chicago.
0: Yeah, I don't think I like it as much as Dreamgirls. It's no. a bit more. Dun, dun, yeah, Razzmatazzy, isn't it? Like Jazz Hands. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, my second movie, which I recommend, is uh, Detroit Rock City, which kind of has the vibe of this movie, but it's not a musical.
1: Detroit. Rock City, and
0: it, it's it's about Kiss in a in a roundabout way, and I do like Kiss, and Kiss brought out a new album this week. Um, is it
1: about? Is it a story of rising to fame?
0: <laughs> no. Oh, right. you, have you seen Detroit Rock City? I don't think so. You should. It's a really interesting. It's not a musical, but it features music by Kiss. But it's I don't want to spoil it because it's really yeah, don't fun. Spoil it. it's, okay. it's a fun movie to watch. Yeah. Um, so Detroit Rock City.
1: Okay. And mine are because I was thinking of musicals that I do actually really love, and uh, Wizard of Oz of course comes to mind, and I thought of another one as well. Uh, Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, totally a musical. I've seen it on the stage, and I've seen it in. I've probably watched it a hundred times. I can't help it. I love it. It's weird and kitschy, and but that's a musical that I can totally buy the song, the lyrics to the song, kind of forward, you know. Um, then. Not because it's good.
0: Because it is not.
1: It is not. But I don't know if it's as bad as people think, because when I watched it originally, I didn't love it at all. I mean, I thought it was like, oh, yeah, this is not great. But it's Rockstar with Marky Mark. (laughs) And uh, one of them that I do like, that's a rock, and I was trying to think of rock band rock movies, and Airheads... Is one of those that I think is totally underrated, you know, where they go to the radio station. It fits
0: with got, this because it's 80s. It's got so. the mummy
1: guy in it, but he's really good What's his name, Brendan Fraser. I've always loved that. I've I've loved it. The first time I saw it, I was like, this movie? So it's like, it's a combination of like the original FM movie. And then you've got like the feeling of WKRP slapped in there. Pump up
0: the volume. Then you
1: got like, I don't think I've ever seen that one. No, um,
0: that definitely fits there as well.
1: And I just think it's a good little,
0: you know. Wayne's World also it's not fits there. And to me of this, like, because it does feature a lot of rock music, obviously.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it
0: fits kind of with a rock But it's too wacky. By.
1: Airheads is, is funny, but it's not like weird wacky like the way Wayne's World is.
0: Yeah, Wayne World, Wayne's World. Wayne's World has the vibe of Rock of Ages. It's got that kind of. I'm not. It's a bit more wacky, obviously, because of the characters. But the actual putting that music in there uh, interspersed, yeah. because you know, Wayne's World's full of '80s music, um, as we all know from the famous Bohemian Rhapsody, um, bobbing the head in the cab. Correct. So um, yeah, that's our recommendations for this week: games and a Schooly stuff. Been a few games out this week. Uh, first one would be Dishonored. I didn't play it at all I do have it. Uh, it I've heard it's a very special game very awesome so I didn't want to just crack into it while I was playing a lot of other games and it kind of go
1: what's special about it? Uh,
0: it's just supposed to be very very good and uh, it's a cross between if you had to compare it to things Bioshock and uh, Assassin's Creed right which both amazing games and this is the the vibe of those two games the vibe of Bioshock with the gameplay of Assassin's Creed, I've heard. So right. So that is special to me, and I want to give it a whole... Not while I'm playing other things. So what I have been playing this week is XCOM Enemy Unknown, which is... Um, I told you about it last week. I played more of it this week. Probably played like 15 hours of it this week. I'm kind of hooked on it, because it's a gameplay style that we don't ever play anymore, because we turn-based games kind of... Nobody cares, like, about turn-based games. Everybody wants Halo or Call of Duty. They want fast action, response... Explain what turn-based is. You uh, have a squad of people in this game. It's about aliens uh, coming to take over the world. And you're the XCOM team, which are this government, military faction that are trying to, first off, understand the aliens. Second off, kill them so they don't kill our people because they are aggressive aliens that have come to town. Um, so the turn-based thing is, you're a squad of people, you go out into the field, you're given an objective, kill all the aliens in this uh, area because they're killing people and we want rid of them. So you go in. Now, in a Halo-type game, you would run in and shoot them all with your gun. And you, it would be real-time and you would do that and you would wipe it all out and then you'd move on. Well, in this, it's like a game of chess. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see me playing it this mm-hmm. week. You have... Strict rules. Your units, which are your people, can only move a certain set of... A certain distance each turn. And then you move your people. And then the aliens get a turn and they do... So it's like a game of chess. You put they, them in
1: position and tell maybe an action to do. But you it doesn't just happen. You no. Have
0: to, you set everybody up. You micromanage up, everybody. Then
1: you let it go. And then it happens. Right. And then they react.
0: The like playing a computer. game of chess yeah. against the computer. They do... And then... They take their turn and then you have to go, oh, okay, they did that. Now I've got to adapt my,
1: yep.
0: you know, maybe you were thinking, oh, I'm going to go straight up the middle and kill them all. And then you realize there's one to the side of you when they take a turn because he comes out of the darkness. Right, and then right. you're like, oh, crap, we've got to rearrange everything to deal with this threat from the side. So it's it's like, I can only describe it as chess, but way more complicated because there's so many more And
1: also like risk or... Dungeons
0: and Dragons or even something yeah, like, like that. Yeah, like like a tabletop game. Yeah. But in, real, in in a video game setting whereas it's easier to play because it's, it requires less managing of cards and all that kind yeah. of thing. So that's how the old XCOM game was. That's how the new XCOM game is. It just looks better. And it looking better doesn't really matter to be honest because it's the gameplay because I could go back and play that original XCOM which looks pretty terrible. It's from above... It's very grid-based. You your movie characters—you have the same kind of moves. This just zooms in on your characters. Yeah, sometimes it looks, looks like a modern game. Yeah, because everyone's so
1: tiny on the screen, it almost doesn't matter what they look like.
0: No, and but occasionally when you do get into some combat, it will zoom right in like Halo and show you it going down. Like so, it's a really excellent game. I highly recommend it if you like strategy. Um, that's and slow. Really slow. It isn't
1: the kind of game where you go da 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 round um, over. It's like it can take half an hour to play out one scenario. Yeah,
0: well, it does take about half an hour or to forty-five minutes to play out one scenario, and um, the death penalties are severe <laughs> because you build up characters during the whole game. So I I have a character who's you, for instance, right, a sniper called called Sitok. C- C- so she's sniping. And when she comes back from a mission, she gets promoted. So she keeps going up levels and she gets better moves. Like, like at first, she can only snipe a certain distance. She gets promoted, she can snipe twice the distance. She gets promoted again, she can throw out a grenade, which doubles her view. So where the grenade lands, she can see that much further. I'm getting good. So you can promote your characters, but the downside to that is, if... Sid talk is on the battlefield and she gets killed by a you know an alien shoots her. She's dead. She's out of the game forever. She never comes back. You lose all the upgrades she got. Oh wow! So there's this. You care about the characters, and you almost feel like I can't let anybody die here because I'm relying on them all. Like so, it's got this. You know, I I say when you're playing the game, name the characters after people you know. Yeah. So you kind of understand them, a bit, you know, because they give them these random names which mean nothing. But name them, pe- like, you know, name name them people you know, and then when they get shot and injured, it's kind of like, oh shit! Like we got to get get these people, you know, got to get a medic to that person. We can't just leave them to die. And if you
1: have it's, a party of five when you start a mission and three of them get shot, then you're just down to three, and that's it. You don't they don't regenerate or no. anything during the that particular mission. No, they're dead right so when you go back you have to buy some more
0: soldiers hire some more soldiers and they start off from level zero so they're kind of weak so if you've built this sniper up to like the top level and they're really amazing they can fire really far and you rely on them and they die your next sniper is a newbie like a rookie so it's terrible it's
1: almost like then you don't want to build anybody up
0: No, I do want to build people up and I'd want them to stay alive. And, you know, this week I've had missions go completely wrong and everybody die. And I've just loaded my save because I'm like, I can't deal with that. I can't lose all those people.
1: I can be dead. I'm your sniper wife.
0: So that's XCOM Enemy Unknown. It's awesome. If you like strategy turn-based, it's slower than your average game. I understand that. If you like a game of chess or you like Dungeons & Dragons, that kind of thing, you're going to really like it. Um, Also this week, and you can comment on this... Uh, I played The Walking Dead Episode 4 so Walking Dead episodic game it's been going for a while now Episode 4 came out you've never actually watched me play or maybe you have a little bit just a tiny bit but you sat for the whole 4 hours and watched the entire was it four thing 4 whole hours? Yes, yeah, 4 hours long you watched the whole thing?
1: I don't think it was you didn't play for 4 whole hours I remember
0: no it was 4 hours I looked on my timer I think it was
1: mm. yeah but that already had an hour added on I think it was 3 hours for the game I was watching but anyway, I really enjoyed it. It's like, um... It's a story. Obviously, I watched the Walking Dead TV show, which you say and they say, and when you're watching it, oh, it has nothing to do with it, but of course it
0: does. It's to do with the comic. It's the action.
1: same... It's the same world. It's the same thing that's happened, generally, zombies, and it's uh, real life against a world where people now can, when they die or whatever, can turn into these zombie things. And it was... It's a good, um... Now, when you say that the guy wrote it, who wrote Book of Eli.
0: He wrote this episode. I don't think it was
1: any more elevated than anything else. I mean, it wasn't that much more... It wasn't like, oh my god, that's a shocking, amazing, character-driven story or anything. It's just pretty obvious stuff. You know, people who... But sitting and watching it and having very little to do with it. Occasionally I would say to you, oh, did you look over there? Did you oh, pick that Oh, choose up? that because I yeah. want to know what You says. have to make choices on yeah. every... That's your thing. And you can go back and play it, right? And make like a bad choice right. or whatever. And so every once in a while... There that. was
0: occasionally you said to me, no, ask her that. Yeah. Because I want to know <laughs> what that is. Yeah, like exactly.
1: It. So I enjoyed it. I think it's it was like watching a really long it's,
0: movie. It's tense. I think...
1: It doesn't visually look great or anything all the I, I time. like how it
0: looks like a comic, though.
1: Sometimes it looks really good, and other times it just looks kind of cheap, and
0: yeah, but it, like you it's know,
1: barely holding sound together.
0: A, what's really impressive is it's a five-part game, and it costs 20 bucks for the whole thing. I think it's value for money, for sure, because, you know, each episode's three to four hours, yeah, and you're getting five of them. It's a season pass for 20, $20 for the whole thing. I think it's one of the deals of the year, to be honest, in gaming, if you like the story of it. The gameplay is like um, the old point-and-click adventures, almost, where you have to find the thing to get through mm-hmm. the thing. But then well, you have dialogue choices that I thought
1: point-and-click was more like that myth or whatever. Mist? Mist, where you click it and no,
0: then you... No, Telltale, up. who made this, they made a lot of the famous point-and-click adventures of the 80s and 90s, like um, Monkey Island, The well, that was LucasArts, but... There's a lot of there was a lot point
1: and of, click. You just mean click on things.
0: They call it point and click because they were um PC games at the time and you pointed and clicked and stuff. Like there's an Indiana Jones one and you oh, have to find a thing and then point on it, point to it, and then it'll put it in your inventory and then you had to use it on a door or whatever. Okay. Oh, that yeah. That's that's what they termed as point and click. And this is like an evolution of point and click because there are some moments where you do have to shoot a gun and actually aim the gun and shoot it and there are moments where you have to... Just
1: head-ex a bunch of times. Da, 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 yeah,
0: to escape something. or. But I like the story. Um, and I'm really involved with the characters because I've played the whole thing now. Like, And at this point, I'm very involved <laughs> with the characters. Yeah. And the little girl character, Clementine. It's amazing how when you're presented with choices, and she's not real or anything, it's just a game, I actually feel... I, I answer how I would answer as a... Morally, in real life, to, for me, like I, as you see, I he gets a lot of opportunity to talk to Clementine, the main character Lee, and um, in the game when I play, I don't like to bullshit her and tell her everything's all right because it's not. But I don't like to tell her that everything's doomed either. I is I kind of a mid ground for me, whereas right. you can go either way, right? You can. You can say to her, "Look, everything's fucked." Like we.
1: You can also do things that just scare her and make her feel. Right,
0: and I try to avoid that because she's a kid. Like I try, I try and treat her as I would treat a kid in this situation. So, I find that interesting. That, and that's how I've chose to play the game. Not like how I think. Oh, and I don't look at the game and go, "Well, that would be the cool choice because that would be awesome." Like, I'll just ignore the kid and make her really hostile to me, and let's see how that goes. But you can
1: start all over eventually. Which I will... And on each episode, when it ends, then you get the next episode. Then you're left with what you were left with before. You don't get... No. Like, the beginning of the game. Well, you were, right? Because the Let's put it this
0: way. Uh, In the last episode, where we just played, you could... There was a character who you could make a decision about... That would mean they either turned up in the next game or didn't in the right. next episode or did not.
1: So your saved game from the last right. installment So I on.
0: chose a certain thing and that means that that person won't exist. But in if you the, start
1: all the, over, which you right. say you will after you finish them, then you can make every decision different right. if you remember them all. Oh, some the, the same, some different. I would try to make every single one different just right. to see the difference
0: in... Like Because I'm know. kind of a nicely... <laughs> I, f- I feel I try. You always and...
1: play the games nice when you think about. Yeah, it.
0: I try and be like nice, but then occasionally when people I know people are being dickheadish I I will tell them. Right. No, you could be the you could be the really horrible, ugly Lee who is really a total dick to everybody. Be interesting
1: to see it that way.
0: And a dick to the kid and dick to everybody.
1: The thing is, you don't you don't feel comfortable with that. No, I don't. Funny. It's
0: because it's like uh, the dark. You know, when you the Star Wars games, you can play the light side or the dark side. I'd never play the dark side because I, I feel no, I'm not that guy. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I will go through and play a dark side version of this game where Lee is just a complete tosser that and everybody then. hates him, and he he's all only for himself. You know, when you get the choice to give food to everybody, yeah. just keep all the food in your pocket because you did have that decision.
1: And the end, I mean, there's not an infinite number of endings, obviously, but the end will I think quite
0: adjust. It. If you had to map it out on a whiteboard of all the decisions and all the consequences, it is a lot of things can yeah. happen.
1: But they could still funnel it down to only having, like, maybe four possible but, endings. And I,
0: I can almost see in the episodes where they're starting to funnel things down. Because they, they, there are really key moments where you can see it only can go one of two ways. Right. And if it goes one way, this happens. If it goes that way, the other happens. But previous to that, there was about ten ways it could go. But they just narrow it down right. to make it easier, I guess. Because your budget has to be super high if you have to, if you have to make ten different versions of something. Yeah. So they just try and, but it, I think it's really amazing for twenty books. And if you're a fan of the Walking Dead in any way, comics or the TV show, and you do like video games, this is just like watching a TV show, but you're interacting with it.
1: You know, I wouldn't like to do the interacting part, so I like watching you do it because right. it seems hard to me sometimes.
0: It is on occasion. There are some hard parts, and there are some. F- I got killed a few times, and yeah. it's just kind of sometimes fun to see <laughs> see the lead character get killed like really badly. You know, his
1: entrails get pulled out.
0: So that's Walking Dead episode four, and incidentally, Walking Dead episode three, the TV show, starts tomorrow. So, whole nice. Walking Dead, I can't wait. It's going to be exciting this season, I think. Um, <clears throat> another game I've been playing this I week. It,
1: well, I don't know if anyone can tell, but I'm getting like a really sore throat, so I'm hoping.
0: And I've had one. That by for the tomorrow last few days. it will
1: not. I'm trying really hard to keep the uh, cool air going down there, but hopefully by tomorrow I won't be just feeling like shite.
0: I feel like shite today, and I had this sore throat for the last. Two or three days. It's still, I've still got it. It feels like I've got tonsillitis. Yeah, like <clears throat> like it's on fire. But I just um, keep drinking. <laughs> That's the key, isn't it? Water, drinking. water, water. Drinking brandy? Or- no, just water. <laughs> so uh, one final game I've been playing this week, Retro City Rampage. It's a um, retro... This is right on my street. It's Grand Theft Auto. It isn't Grand Theft Auto, but it's a clone of the original Grand Theft right. Auto. A guy from Canada made it all on his own. Oh, that, right. And it's... Um, an homage to everything you can possibly imagine. So it's a it's in the two D style from the old days. It starts off referencing. It references everything. I did a level earlier today because I'm playing it on the Vita. I bought the PS3 version, and you get the Vita version for free. So um, it's one of those crossplay games. Um, but it's also on the PC and the Xbox 360. But I played a level today where I went back to the 80s in the game and played the Back to the Future the first movie in a retro game
1: nice
0: I met the doc
1: <laughs>
0: we went in the DeLorean we uh, had to travel at 88 miles an hour we met our parents all that kind of thing so
1: your parents or right. his parents like fly
0: fly's parent well he's not fly it's, called, it's just you're called player in this game
1: you're <laughs> the right. player
0: right so yeah you did that I've also done I've walked into a room thinking oh this is a place where I can go and get some stuff and it's a whole level that just looks exactly like Super Mario and you have to get to the end of it for no reason just for the fact that he wants to reference Super Mario right so it's this game full of references some of the characters are people you might know from your favourite websites some of the destructoid destructoid staff are in there some of the IGN staff are in there as players. There's weird... Uh, Epic Meal Time is a famous um, revision three show where they make really crazy food and eat it. The car- the guys from that are in an eating challenge game within this game. It's just this bizarre hodgepodge of millions of things. But you love it. Yeah, because it's done in this 8-bit style. It's all 8-bit chip tunes music. And... Um, it's just really cool. It's, like, it's hard to explain what it is. It's Retro City Rampage. If you like Grand Theft Auto, the original ones where they were from above, you will like this because that's what it is. But just throw everything else at it. Like There was also a level that was Metal Gear Solid, and it didn't, go, it didn't say, oh, this is kind of like Metal Gear Solid. It said, hey, Snake, why don't you sneak through this place? And then you've got to sneak through this place. And
1: can't you make it look different?
0: Yeah, there's a uh, different filters that you can apply, so you can make it look like
1: um, arcade cabinet.
0: An arcade cabinet. You can make it look like Nintendo's Virtual Boy, which is all red. You can make it look like DOS, <laughs> like a, a DOS PC game. Yeah, it's or got a game on. boy. Yeah, and it, and when you switch those modes, the it's not just the the dressing of the game. The whole game looks like that. It looks like a Game Boy game. So you can play it any way you want, like it, so. It's really cool, and it looks really good on the Vita can screen. Can you do that on the PS3 too? Change yeah. the looks? So that'd be better because it's bigger. Yeah, but I think it looks fantastic on the Vita screen. And I've talked to a few people this week who picked it up, and they say yeah, they prefer playing it on the Vita, and I agree because it's like um, it's a kind of a bite-sized game. Like you just want to pick it up, play for ten minutes, and, right? And you can save to your PS3, so when you turn your PS3 on, what you did on the right. Vita carries on on the PS3. Uh, So it's really cool that way. So that is um, Retro City Rampage. Next week's games, because we are in the middle of the gaming season here. It's like huge gaming season. Next week's games, James Bond Legends comes out on Tuesday. I'll be playing that one. And Doom 3 BFG Edition, which is the remake of Doom 3 for the new generation consoles. Carmax fully involved apparently, so I'm really excited to see what he's done because he's they've done all the graphics back up, you know. Were you excited about Doom Three? When I love Doom Three on the PC; it's fantastic. But it's like what six, seven years ago, it's never had a next generation console release, so they've redone it.
1: Why didn't they just make a Doom Doom Four?
0: Doom Four is also in the works. Oh, I, okay. Now they did some things with Doom Three BFG, edi- BFG edition. BFG stands for. B-
1: Big effing ghost?
0: Big effing gun, because it's the big oh gun that you get in Doom 3. Ghost. So, <laughs> so the thing about Doom 3 that people hated was it didn't have a flashlight. You could either fire your flashlight or fire your gun. Not both at the same time. Right. And some people said, well, if you've got a flashlight and a gun, you could fasten the flashlight to the gun. Why would somebody do this switchy mechanic? Well, the idea was to scare you, because yeah, you're not ready to shoot something when you see it in the darkness.
1: Because Doom is notorious for the darkness and the lighting. Things jumping out. Yeah.
0: Now things—it's the same game, but he's allowed. He's put the flashlight on the gun, so it's more action-based rather than scary. I think it's scares. scary
1: when you have a flashlight in the dark because you just have your one little funnel of light. Yeah,
0: that's the deal. Yeah. So that
1: as you move it around, all of a sudden something can like just appear in it. So that's
0: that's why, it. why I've always liked the Alien games. Any games that are based on Ridley Scott's Alien, they have the beep 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 thing on the gun. So yeah. you can hear stuff coming. Plus you always just have a light and it's very dark and you can only see it down the flashlight.
1: I think I'd have to turn the beeper off.
0: No, the directly. beeper's amazing because it adds so much tension on her. It would drive me crazy. Because it's, it's the Even exact... in the
1: movie, in Aliens, when she keeps saying, bah, 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 self-destruction, and I was like, I'm always like, please turn
0: it off. Well, that beeper on the guns in Aliens, they use the exact sound from the movie and... Uh, it's so scary. You're walking down a corridor in the games, and then you see you see the beep, beep, real real slow, like, and you're like, oh, it's quite a way away from me, and then it just starts beep 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 beep, yeah. and you're like, oh, fuck, it's on top of me, and I don't can't see it because I can only see with my torch, you know. So yeah, it's always it's a good element of uh, surprise. So that's it for this week, uh, and those two games come out next week. I'll talk about them on next week's show. So Sita, so, what's for dinner?
1: What's for dinner is. I'm not 100% sure yet. I'm oh. not particularly hungry.
0: Oh, I am very hungry.
1: But I will make you something delicious. And it's going to be very distinctly vegetarian, is what I put. So we have, like, a cheeseless pizza by Amy's, which I know you love. And then I got some... Oh, I do love that. Broccoli stir-fry vegetables that are always really good. We toss them around with, you know, onions and whatnot. You always like that. And I don't know, maybe... Because the last few nights, I've, <laughs> I may do the same thing, like... Veggie burger, fries, and peas. Veggie burger, fries, and peas. But I thought I could
0: always have that. You could. So maybe that's what
1: you're going to get again. I don't know. But probably the pizza and something to go with it. Um, Then my advice for the day is... I don't know if it's advice, but it's what it is. I have to read it. If you think life owes you an explanation or someone needs to define a meaning for you, like, oh, God gives me meaning, or the Bible tells me the meaning of my life, or this motivational speaker, like I'm trying to pretend to be, uh, has told me the meaning of life is this, or my other religion, or whatever it is, like, it isn't, like, you need to get over it, that's what I think, because you, at, you're the one who, you can't count on someone else to make you feel important, Because that's bullshit. It's not anyone's responsibility or job or desire, to be quite honest with you, unless they're one of those doormat people-pleaser types who are over-the-top people-pleaser who think they need to sacrifice everything in order to make you feel good because I'm not one of those people and I don't like those kind of people around me all the time, ever really. But, like, I decide which people I'm around... I was saying to someone, you know, recently, like, I don't spread my... They said something about having lots and lots of friends. And I said, oh, I don't have a lot of friends. I have, like, three friends, maybe four friends who I consider friends. I mean, I have people I've known... Yeah, not
0: acquaintances.
1: Yeah, but i I mean, I've had people that I've known for 30 years, 40 years, my whole life, who I don't even consider them friends, necessarily, but they are important to me. But the people who are the people that I care about and not only care about their welfare, but actually care what they think of me in some way. I have to give that relationship meaning. It's not up to them to make me feel good or make me feel like a good friend or tell me that I'm a good friend or tell me that, you know, validate all these things that I do or make me feel valuable in their life. It's that's my responsibility. So if I make myself available to someone and do something that is like, you know, to other people, it might seem like generous or hard work, but you're doing it for free or you're volunteering or you're donating or whatever it is. And to other people, it's like, oh, my God, that's so awesome. I don't need that.
0: Right.
1: I want to know that I've done something that has enhanced this person's life, even for five minutes or two minutes. And it does. I don't need I don't need the, like, pat on the back. Um, I think that sometimes you get tricked into thinking you need that. And then you then it all falls apart. Because you're like, well, I did this and they didn't even say thank you. Like, it's polite to say thank you when someone does something nice for you. And not just act like they're completely, like, I don't care what you just did for me. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about inside you. If you've done something that you think is nice for somebody then shut up about it. Like, that's it. If you're doing it because you need acknowledgement, then you're not doing it for the right reason. You're doing it because you want someone to make you feel good. So, you know, don't count on someone else to give your life meaning. You gotta just do it yourself. And I mean anybody. No God, no politician, no children of yours, no parents of yours... Or friends, or famous people, or authors, or famous sports people.
0: I just want to uh, footnote to this what you just said. Uh, you don't have to follow Sid talks advice. By the way, <laughs> don't feel that that's the only choice. Because you can do the other. That
1: thing. isn't true. <laughs> what's the other true? What's the other thing?
0: Just the opposite of what you're saying.
1: Rely like, on other wanna, people. Yeah, to yeah if give they want to do dating. that, they can also. I don't think they want to. I
0: there are them. other choices.
1: <laughs> no, there are. yours. No, I don't know what you're talking about. True. I do not know what you're referring to um but this is my advice so okay. that's what I'm saying and so, it's a good advice how can you argue with it
0: I'm not saying I'm just saying this is no you're arguing with yes. it. yes so <laughs>
1: Thanks and do apologize all the fucking time, people. I'm sick of hearing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry from everybody anytime, all the time, in the grocery store. Ugh, I'm sick of it. If you do something horrible and terrible to me, then you can apologize. If you're standing 12 feet away from me in the grocery store and you never would have impacted my life whatsoever, do not look at me with big puppy dog eyes and go, oh, sorry. Sorry. Excuse me. Sorry. Sorry. Because that makes me want to. Pull the display down on your head. Like, I just get violently angry inside. And I don't know why. I'm just
0: telling you. Again, these are Sid Talks views. <laughs> if you want to say sorry to people, you can also... also
1: Ascoli.com is not responsible for <laughs> <Yes>. the
0: views <laughs> displayed. You can also say sorry to people if you like. But don't say it's a sit Talk because she doesn't... Not like
1: unless it. you do something worthy of sorry. You know what? You say it enough. It doesn't mean anything. You know, sorry is something that people say, like, I owe you an apology. Uh, I don't want to... I don't think everyone should feel like they owe people constantly an b- apology. Like, it doesn't make any sense. After a while, you're drained. You've got nothing left. There's no real sorry left. You've just given it all up, you know, for all the little shit.
0: Okay. i a ca- dose of two. Yeah. Ah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so, so thanks for listening to the show and a reminder about our website. SaySkali.com, SayTalk.com. We are not sorry at all for bringing those to you. Um, Hell you can, no. You can catch us on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube... The Zoom Marketplace is the place you can get this podcast if you have a Zoom or if you use Windows. The iTunes Music Store if you use Apple stuff or just go to the uh, RSS feed He on says
1: with disdain in ascully. his
0: Com, click on the word podcast. You can use the RSS feed and subscribe using anything. Google Reader is my uh, subscription device of choice. Um, you can also email feedback to me at ascolly.com. Ascully don't email Sid talk. Don't say sorry and don't email her either. And finally... Stay classy, Mr. Tom Cruise. Classy performance, probably not. By the way. The uh, metal codpiece from Tom Cruise (laughs) was just the best thing ever. I I need a screenshot of that for this week's review.
1: By the way, uh, yet again, uh, one of somebody, it was the Simpsons, yes, the Simpsons new episode makes fun of the Zune. Once again, people making fun of my Zoom, and I don't like it.
0: Of course they will. It's a, a mm. de- it's a defunct product. You can't buy one anymore.
1: But it's great. I love it. And I'm gonna say, think for yourself. Unless you want to think like me, because if you don't do it, someone will do it for you.
0: Has come, and you know that you're the only one to say, Okay.